0: Best thing about being a teen girl is getting to have a cowgirl summer. Ooh, oh oh oh, this is the Pure Boys, a Christian podcast. But God told us to change. Ooh, oh oh oh, so for the summer we're watching cowgirl flicks. Ooh, oh oh oh, get in the action, feel the attraction. Horses and teens are oh, what a dream. Whoa, uh, oh, I wanna be free yeah, free to ride some horses. Man, I feel like a cowgirl. This is our summer theme song.
1: Yeah! Ciao, fudgebackers. Welcome to Pure Boys Podcast. Cowgirl Summer, just kidding. John Voigt Summer, why
2: not? I'm Adam and urine. And your urine, all you listeners out there. I feel like we are definitely talking to a, just a big pile or tub of urine. That's mm. how I see our listeners.
1: Yummy. Who are you? Whom star you? Um
2: uh, well I was born in Haiti, born and raised, <laughs> as my mama would say. Uh, <laughs> I am Steve, of course. I am the second born. I have a cushy spine. Uh, it's all well trod territory if you've been listening to any of these episodes. Yeah,
1: Hades' own Steve, or Steven if you're nasty.
2: Steven if I'm nasty, which I'm not. No. <laughs> um, pure. Do you picture myself as a P H or a V? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> Can it be like P V H? Yeah, I think all, like, the sun and the Holy Ghost and, exactly. you know, God, it's all three. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's all three.
1: It's P, it's H, and it's V in whatever order you, you need.
2: I, I really like talking about the uh, Holy Trinity and the Holy Ghost uh, mm-hmm. a lot and it got brought up in conversation like at a barbecue and I just like <laughs> wouldn't let it go because I just like love continuing to ask people what they think of the Holy Trinity and nobody has an explanation nobody even knows God is Jesus no nobody cares either that's the thing we live in this <laughs> hedonistic
1: society nobody cares that God is Jesus and also the Holy Queef for whatever nobody cares i love that the holy trinity is your noah's ark like the way i love noah's ark yours is the holy trinity
2: yeah like they would try to talk about something else and (laughs) i'd say yeah but no like god is jesus (laughs) but it's also a trinity and what's the holy ghost doing (laughs) there and it just they they were not having it, which made it funner for me to keep bringing it up. I love that, uh,
1: um, that like people in our lives, like, if I had somebody ask me, like, so are you like Christian? Like, do you believe in this? And I'd just be like, oh, no, I know, uh, no, I bueno, no, speak English, you know, uh, but it's just, it's funny that like it's doing this show is infecting our lives in other ways. It's beautiful. Yeah.
2: Definitely. I've thought about Christ and our Lord and Savior more times than I thought I ever would over the past uh, year and a half, and still not too religious, Uh, but I am, Steve, so...
1: Of course. Born religious, born out of your mother's ass religious, but on the fence about where this whole thing uh, really, how this whole thing really shakes out.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely on a fence. I want to see where it lands, but I'm, I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. the dice have tossed and you haven't seen if they've landed on snake eyes yet exactly Mm. Uh, well God always tells us that life is a gamble I mean life's a dance you learn as you go Mm Hmm. Do you do that for dances? I thought you'd like look something up and then like watch a video of it, maybe YouTube it and then like learn it.
1: Yeah, that hymn is pretty stupid when you think about it. Like you don't just learn as you go. You learn how to dance and then you improvise and you adapt to the situation. But you certainly have some groundwork before you get out there and do work on the dance floor for you dagger people.
2: Oh, most certainly. And everybody knows that you need a little improvisation to make any type of good art. Exactly. Much
1: like the the film that we are talking about today, because... Today officially marks the beginning of John Voight summer. Uh, we have decided because we've already done four John Voight movies, why not lean into it and explore as much of Jv, Mister Angelina Jolie's dad, explore as much of his filmography as we can over the next two remaining months. And so this week we're going all the way back to the movie that put him on the map. No, we're not talking about Midnight Cowboy. That is actually probably the movie that put him on the map. We're talking about 1972's Deliverance. Very funny movie.
2: Very hilarious. Uh, It was a laugh riot. I uh, watched it in bed, all cozy and warm. And, uh, yeah, it was just a delight to put on as loud as possible and (laughs) uh, watch while you're snuggled in your coziest place.
1: It was strange
2: watching a movie with a
1: traditional three-act structure. I feel like I'm not used to that in the movies that we've watched in the past. I mean Anaconda I guess sort of had that, but uh but this movie definitely had like a beginning, a middle, and an end.
2: Most assuredly. Um <laughs> I this was came out in 1972 mm-hmm. and it was just nice to see an old simply but well done movie yeah uh i it's kind of made me think that i want to explore more movies of the 70s and the (laughs) 60s and uh see what i might have missed
1: well don't worry we'll watch the champ we'll watch midnight cowboy we'll watch all the john voight 70s classics don't you worry about it but before we watch any more john voight movies or talk any more about john voight movies we need to do the pure boy's prayer
2: God, god bless, bless our, our podcast, podcast please god, god bless, bless all podcasts please <laughs> we love, love you please, please. <laughs> amen amen or i I'm still so tickled pink with the uh uh, clapping of the hands and saying please. Uh, I think those are both great additions to the prayer.
1: Humans need ritual and ceremony and uh, we certainly bring both in spades when it comes to uh, doing a prayer for the, to the Lord to bless our podcast and of course all podcasts. We're not selfish. We want all podcasts to be blessed as they should be.
2: It's kind of crazy that please isn't more uh, ubiquitous in uh, praying in general. Cause I mean, you're, you're praying to the almighty, like yeah. be polite. I mean, he made you and he damn well expects you to worship
1: at his feet. So you better be, you better mind your P's and Q's when you're talking to the Lord above Jesus, AKA God, AKA the Holy spirit, the beautiful Holy Trinity,
2: but also do as you say, not as you do. God is not a very polite person. So no. when you meet Him for the first time, uh he's not going to say please, he's not going to say thank you, he's not going to call you a doctor no. or whatever stupid uh job title you have. Uh he's just going to be real with you. Yeah, he's just going to call you
1: uh, you know, his <laughs> his goo. Hey, welcome to heaven. <laughs> yeah. You're my goo. And you go, oh, thanks God. Appreciate it. Yeah, and you're even more like my goo now Because you don't have a physical form Exactly I was trying to think of like a word that God would call us And I almost settled on spum And I went mm, We're going to walk back from spum And land on something a little
2: stickier And that's goo Sp- Spum is good though yeah. Hold on to that Okay. Keep it around uh, Bring it up uh, something else It could be the new years mm. uh, But it's not yet Put the spum in my pocket and save it for later Mm
0: You
2: put the spum in the pocket Mm. Great Haitian song Oh, a
1: classic Haitian song You know, all the kids, as they're growing up They they learn, Mary Had a Little Lamb They learn, put the spum in your pocket They learn all the, like, schoolyard rhymes, essentially
2: Yeah, oh, Mary Had a Little Lamb Uh, You'd say that on the schoolyard all the time With your fellow chums Of
1: course, yeah, you'd be doing uh, Double Dutch And everyone's just rapping Put the spum in your pocket over and over, and you're trying to get, trying to find the rhythm to jump into those ropes. It's tough.
2: Yeah, it's uh, super tough. It's a hard way to make a living on the streets.
1: Certainly is. Um, before we get into more spum talk, I need to ask you a very important question. Maybe the most important question that's asked each week on the show, and that, of course, is, Steve, who was the beggar Vance of Anaconda?
2: Well, I mean, you go, you sift through this movie with a fine tooth comb, and it's basically right there in the title, right? Like, you, you can't get past that in many ways. So, you know, I was looking at the title art of this uh, movie, and I, I came to the conclusion that, of course, the beggar vance of Anaconda is John Boyce. No, of course. Now, <laughs> now Adam. Yes. I have a question for you. Oh, I it's love very personal. Please. Who was the Bagger Vance of Anaconda oh. in
1: your eyes? You know, Steve, thanks so much for asking. Um, for me, the Anaconda of Bagger Vance, the Bagger Vance of Anaconda, if you will, <laughs> Oh. Oh. is, of course, the CGI artists... That, that just we're getting paid $100,000 a second to render this friggin' snake and make Owen Wilson's face in it and all kinds of stuff. And I just, kudos to them and hats off to those hardworking nerds.
2: Yeah, this bud's for you, nerds. <laughs> yeah,
1: was
0: Was
1: Wazza to all the CGI
2: artists. Wazza. I'm I'm so glad we finally have an excuse to say what's up. Oh man, me too, me too. It's
1: it's a long time coming, and uh, yeah. you know we could have gone with the Budweiser frogs, but that takes too long to say. So just go with the classic. What?
2: We're finally blossoming, everybody. If if now uh, <laughs> if there was any time to tell your friends about this podcast, it's finally now.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Amen to that. Or a woman.
2: Yeah, who's is the anaconda of a movie might be funny, <laughs> but uh, Baker Vance is good. Baker Vance is always good.
1: You know what? It's 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 uh, the summertime, which means that it's John Void Summer colon wine not, and we haven't even gotten to the delicious wine portion of wine not yet. Steve, what are you drinking this week?
2: Well, <laughs> um. <laughs> I forgot about the whole wine thing again. Oh for God, the dude. fifth week in the row yep, now. Yeah. Uh your idea. So right now, uh I am still drinking La Ville Ferme. Mm. Uh it's definitely gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh you're supposed to have an open bottle ready for like three to five days, and then it's bad. Oh, no, um, it's definitely been open for at least like ten fourteen days by now, yeah. so I'm gonna sip on this a little bit mm-hmm. and hope I don't get sick. Adam, yeah, whom are you drinking?
1: Well, thanks so much for asking i of course am drinking a delicious. Peller Family Vineyards Cabernet Sauvignon got a complex medium bodied smooth finish wine a delicious Cabernet Sauvignon and you really can't go wrong with Peller Family Vineyards let me just pour myself
2: a first glass to dome is anything like bodied other than medium like would you ever say bold bodied or big bodied or small Ooh, bodied. You can't say big bodied. It's always medium bodied. Yeah,
1: no, that's hateful if you say big bodied. That's absolutely hateful. How dare you say something like You're a, a monster for that.
2: I would drink that wine, though, if I... it had the balls to say that it was big bodied.
1: This BBW, B, well, the big bodied wine. That's what BBW yeah. stands for. Everybody knows
2: that. Big bodied wine. Well,
1: it's, well, it's what?
2: Uh, something about porn, some kind of porn joke. (laughs) Sure. Hey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Leave that in. (laughs) Cheers to you, my brother in Christ, and John Boyd Summer, why not?
2: Why not to you as well. Cheers, and to you and yours. Time to dome it. I think I've said this before, but he is not chugging (sighs) a small amount of wine. It is a full nine ounce glass. Uh, it's wrong, uh, but it went, when it's so wrong. It feels so right. Well, and that you can't go wrong with the with the Peller Family
1: Vineyards. <laughs> if you're in <chunking laughs> wine, you can't go wrong with the then the Peller Family Vineyards Cabernet Sauvignon. It's got a smooth finish, and you can just open your throat and dome that glass like it's nobody's business. Get your tummy all warm, and it'll just feel like a
2: million bucks. <laughs> You sound like a million bucks. Thanks. And, uh, I don't know about looks. Well, I mean, I feel like I look like a million
1: bucks. I got a pink cowboy hat. I got a uh, sleeveless shirt. I'm feeling like a million bucks right now.
2: Okay. Oh, that that was good. I still think So, are you going to chug a second one? Thinking about it. Uh, (laughs)
1: probably not. I probably shouldn't. I don't, I think that, uh, that wouldn't be in my best. I- that wouldn't be in the show's best interest.
2: No, not at all. You would get wine tipsy very quickly, and uh, you run the ship.
1: I took a sip and thought about just doming it, and then uh, I feel like uh, if I did that, I might puke, and I don't want to puke on the show. But I'll probably finish this glass quick and have another one. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling spicy today. Deliverance has got me
2: feeling all kinds of ways. Yes, this had me uh, feeling all sorts of emotions.
1: Uh, certainly, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, before we get to everyone's favorite segment, we got to get to everyone's least favorite segment, which is uh, new voicemails. We got a new voicemail. How you feeling about that?
2: Uh, well, I saw an email the other day and saw that we had a new voicemail, and I almost came.
1: To your phone to write me a, a text?
2: Yes. But also human came.
1: Wow. Spum. No. Yeah, oh, that's all right All
2: right. Uh this oh. the,
1: <laughs> This voicemail <laughs> is is a return of an old favorite. That's right. Judas is back, aka Chugs Cockley, aka uh you know, a guy that we know, I would assume, unless somebody else sent in a voicemail p- pretending to be Judas, but then they wouldn't be official Judas. Uh, this guy is officially Judas, so let's hear what he has to say. Are you ready? Yes. All right, this better be good. Hi, Adam. Hi, Steve. This is Judas again.
2: Just wanted to say a loving cowgirl summer and the many exploits of John Voigt. Also, I'd love to thank you for clarifying the whole, you know, betraying Jesus thing. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but on that night, you told me when I had to betray Jesus, I had to go up, kiss him, and throw up two shakas. Now, after I did it, of course, you guys were gone, and I had to explain myself to the Roman soldiers when they told me, everybody knows who Jesus is. You didn't have to do that. He's the most famous man in Jerusalem. True. So, my face sure was red. And uh, I ran through that silver so fast, so... If you guys can, you know, help a guy out, that would be great. Other than that, I'm having a tasty beverage out of my yizmug. So have a great one, guys. Thanks again.
1: I mean, <laughs> great as always, Judas. Thank you so much for popping up to hit us with the truth,
2: a.k.a. the Joe Rogan experience. Judas, you're puffed popping off like a crazy person and yes we can definitely give you some more silver we got so much gosh darn silver from selling you his mugs uh but you have to betray somebody again
1: you gotta go out there you gotta find another holy man to betray maybe the Dalai Lama this time maybe uh Shaq Diesel Maybe Shaq Diesel. God, that's a good. That's a good song. That's a, Shaq Diesel is a. I'm gonna go on record and say Shaq Diesel is a good song in terms of rap songs.
2: I disagree. Well, I think it's a great song. <laughs> wow, <laughs> beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it? He's
1: right though. It's it's weird that that like Judas is like I'm gonna kiss Jesus. I'm gonna kiss him for you. Like they know mm. they know who he. Is. Why does why is this guy's word? Why is this guy's smooch? carry so much weight in the Roman world. It doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Oh, I probably had good lips. I mean it's probably really mm. tough to have good lips in the desert. Yeah. And once you got it, you gotta flaunt it. So mm. you kiss Jesus all over the place, up but down, left and right. Oh yeah, they didn't have burt's bees back then. There's no way to get those <laughs> <laughs> no way to
1: get those lips waxy.
2: I don't know. Just the way you said it made me think that they did have
1: Bert's Bees back then. I mean, they might have. There was probably a guy named Bert who, like, raised bees. I mean, that logically tracks, of course. That makes sense, so... And didn't bees originate in the heartland? Africa? I think bees originated out of Jesus' ass, from what I remember. (laughs) He turned water into wine and farts into bees, and that's where bees came
2: from. That's cool. That's, like, when you have to follow up turning water into wine... You got to turn your parts into bees.
1: Yeah. Speaking of wine, I don't think this wine is very good anymore. I'm not feeling. How long have you had it? Oh, how long has Cowgirl Summer been going on? AKA
2: John Void Summer. Five weeks. Probably like five and a half weeks. Yeah.
1: So about five and a half weeks
2: then. Yeah, so you're right on that six-week edge yeah. of uh, the box wine. So uh, uh, I still think uh, chugging uh, it is a bad idea. Well, what do you have to eat today? Oh, let's, let's get into that. All right. I had a delicious – I
1: had some ramen, but with leftover cacciatore on top because I made a delicious Italian cacciatore a couple days ago, and I put some of that on top of the noodles, and I mixed it up, and it was, it was delicious. It was uh, quite the lunch.
2: Well, wine is famously a uh, enemy of uh, ramen, so uh, I think you <sighs> pricked up.
1: Oh man, are we talking about John Voight, an enemy of the state?
2: <laughs> what a great film! Well, maybe we'll get to it. He's not a
1: big part of it, from what I remember. Like, he's not Gene Hackman, he's not Will William Smith, but he's like in it. I get, according to IMDb, he's in it. I don't remember him being in it, but maybe we'll get to that one. I don't know. I feel like we should do John Voight starring movies, or at least. Like co-starring he Might be too small of a role in that
2: For most of them I feel like a starring role is necessary I, I really want to dig into A lot of these old movies I I really enjoyed Watching this movie for Some reasons Well hey here's the thing though Deliverance is just a good movie It's just a mm. good like it's like I
1: texted you today I'm like this is a good movie It's not a very fun movie but it's a good movie And I,
2: I It's going to be a fun one to talk about I think yeah, but it's definitely going to be short. It's it's a no. good thing we have another segment that we can just like lengthen out this episode until we get to deliverance. Of
1: course. And that is of course everyone Judas thank you so much for sending in a voicemail. We appreciate you. We love you. Mwah, we love you. Uh uh, and if you want to send in a voicemail and shoehorn yourself into the show, into the canon of the show by playing a character like Doug Gilmore or Judas, send that. Go to speakpipe.com slash pureboys and
2: uh, put it in there, I guess. Put it in your butt. I don't care what you do with it, but send it in. And make it make it extra spicy. <laughs> Throw in some F-bombs. Throw in <laughs> some hymns and some... Uh, Bible verses Oh, uh, if you can imitate God uh, do that yeah
1: if you want to leave a voicemail of you just speaking in tongues then please do that I would love that more than anything else Judas next time you send in one speak in tongues throughout at least some of it we got there's not enough speaking in tongues on this show and I feel like we're missing out on a whole section of society that would just love that stuff
2: yeah I I don't like speaking in tongues I hate it I hate it uh, I think it's Gord Awful. Oh, Gord. Gord Awful.
1: Well, uh, with that said, I guess it's time to go to everyone's favorite segment of the week.
0: The Kevin Sorbo. Read of the Week. Kevin!
2: Hey, everybody. Uh, Kevin Sorbo pushed this out at mm. 12.23 p.m. on June 28th. 2022 i really want to go through all of his tweets and see if i'm just picking the ones that come out at noon because that would be kind of crazy that i vibe with him on a certain level yeah at that specific time
1: you've been pretty consistent about picking ones that are like noon early afternoon or like late morning or like there's like a three hour window that you definitely play around in and
2: uh i I think i think that's just kevin's sweet spot I, it's probably his uh, sweet spot, but you think there's got to be a time where he's uh, has his phone uh, while he's going to bed, and Sam Sorbo has turned him away for another evening. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah, he's made his but, move. Uh, she said no. She's denied denied his advances. Uh, so that spirals him into tweeting about Roe versus Wade, obviously. Obviously.
1: Has he tweeted about literally anything else in the last week? I'd wager no. So I'm ready for this
2: Roe v. Wade tweet you're about to read us. Well, it is a R vs. V tweet for <laughs> sure, uh, but I felt like it was a little bit light and uh, nice to read us. Okay. Uh, you just hate Clarence Thomas because you can't date him. Which I think came from his like daughter or something. It seems like not of his tweets. I, I kind of feel like that came from Sam.
1: Yeah, is he was just he was responding to Sam, who just kept being like, "I I wish I could date Clarence Thomas. I hate that. I, I hate him because I can't date him." And Kevin's like, "Hey, I got a tweet. I gotta go take a dump real quick, honey. I'll be right back."
2: Yeah, uh, after she turned him away from his advances. Oh, a nooner. Uh, she uh, sparked. Uh, A topic of uh, dating Clarence Thomas Maybe they're looking for a three-way Maybe with a justice uh, three-way Maybe a four-way, he's got a wife You sure? Clarence Thomas,
1: yeah That's the whole thing, that's what Goldberg's talking about On The View Not a political political podcast
2: No, I thought he was a divorcee No uh,
1: No, he's got a piece of tail Attached to him (laughs)
2: Do you think there's anybody on the Supreme Court that's divorced? Uh, I I can't
1: imagine how they could be. They're, they're under God's will. How could they be divorced? That's not God's will. You Who you're with is who you're with forever and no questions asked. Even if it's bad. Especially if it's yeah,
2: bad. God's will. They're in charge of our laws. How are we going to give that up to a person who got
1: divorced? Well, they're not in charge of our laws. We're in Haiti. Club Jean is in charge of our laws. And we're not even, even if we weren't in Haiti, we're not even in America. So they're not in charge of any of our laws. They're in charge of
2: bull s the problem is i feel like haiti's really taking on a u.s uh type of view oh yeah. and uh
1: i don't i don't want it CB. me neither and this is not a political podcast and uh thanks kev great as always we were running up tight against the end of that song i was getting nervous i thought there was all we could have gone off in a whole direction about the convoy and about the freedom the heroes that went to the haiti capital to protest and honk their horns for some reason and uh but we didn't have time for that we had to cut her off much like Kevin sometimes just to cut off a dump cuz he's got to get back on set
2: or the end of his penis for religious purposes <laughs>
1: <laughs> or his whole penis cuz he's bored and he wants to <laughs> compete in the BME pain Olympics whatever whole penis god do you remember being like in your late teens early 20s and coming across the bme pain olympics and just watching people cut their penis and testicles off
2: and being like well now i've seen that i guess can't there's no going back from that one well i'm a spot older than you so for me it was my mid-teens but yes i know that time in my life very exactly (laughs) and like i remember like almost uh pressing enter and having that uh Typed into my browser mm-hmm. And then deciding not to watch people Cut off their own penis
1: Should've, it's uh, wild It's I still see it clear as day all these years later 34 years old, still see a man cutting off his penis uh, After having tied a rope around it As clear as it happened yesterday And I, you know what, listeners I'd recommend you check out the same thing <laughs> Well, I,
2: I definitely Eventually <laughs> did it And Good. there was a lot of parties A lot of cool groovy people Getting mm. together watching the same thing <laughs> Um uh, but good for him. I he'll be more infinitely known than I ever will. Except for this podcast, which oh, we'll live on for
1: Imagine if Kevin came out on Twitter and was like, Hey, just a heads up everyone, I cut my penis off today and then tweeted like a video of it that was age restricted, of course, but you could click on it, lie about your age, and then watch Kevin Sorbo cut his penis off with uh I don't know, what how do you think you would do it? Like a like a butcher's Butchers Cleaver?
2: I'd probably get somebody on the Supreme Court to come down and Cleaver it off. Clarence Thomas. For sure. Clara C.T. The video I watched of a man cutting off his penis, uh, or her, um, (laughs) I didn't see a face. So maybe it was Kevin Sorbo all those years ago. God, you
1: know, you raise a really good point. We've never seen his penis in movies, so I have to run on the assumption that he was a member of the BME Pain Olympics and cut his penis off in 2001, Mm -hmm. 2000 maybe? Yeah, it could have been Bush, could have been Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. Who knows who it was? I mean, I didn't see any Bush on that uh on the on the video that I watched.
2: Oh, you you I was President Bush. Oh, President
1: Bush. Sure, yeah, of course. He definitely cut his penis off in 2001.
2: Oh, yeah, he's, like, my number one suspect, I think.
1: Honestly, in terms of George W. Bush, it's the only notable thing that happened to him in 2001, as far as I'm concerned.
2: No more (laughs) penis. He probably got, like, a robo version.
1: Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. It's just, like, he got a cigar tube that he put on there.
2: Do you think the guy ever put, like, Play-Doh on there or something or tried to figure Mm. it out? I don't know. It's a good question. Also, I can't imagine it hurt very much.
1: (laughs) No. Like to cut your penis, like know. cut your penis off. It probably doesn't hurt as much as like, like it's not like there's. Well, I guess there are nerves in there. I don't know. It's tough to say. Hmm.
2: I'd probably feel like eating jam or something like that.
1: Yeah, pr- probably feel like eating jam.
2: Certainly <laughs> sweet. Yeah, like minor inconvenience. You know when you're just like <laughs> chewing on jam and it just kind of sucks. Hmm. And you're just like, oh, I
1: wish that I wish I, <laughs> I wish I wasn't chewing on jam, and I wish instead I was cutting my own penis off.
2: Yeah. Same. Uh, Probably same, same. I mean, jelly or jam on toast is different. But if you're just eating jam on its own, it's like, you know, that's what cutting your penis off feels like.
1: I I wasn't sure what you meant, but now I'm like, I'm picturing eating jam with a spoon. And I just go like, yeah, that's that's as uncomfortable to me as watching someone cut their own penis off. I just can't, uh, I can't, I can't rationalize it in my own brain. It's just, it's crazy talk. It's, you know, crazy town it's nonsensical it's absolute uh jim jam (laughs) jibbery true enough yeah much like this week's movie 1972's deliverance is this the oldest movie we've watched on uh pure boys i think it might be
2: i think it is uh the last runner-up was probably the olsen twins movie (laughs) yeah or sister act maybe sister acts pretty old yeah Mm -hmm. but this is 1972 there were 3.75 billion people on this planet That's
1: true Should we watch like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari next week Just to really set like a low or a high bar I guess In terms of oldest movie that we've watched
2: Maybe we should uh, do the uh, movie where the uh, Send a man to the moon And then it's just those guys on the moon Like one of the first movies ever made Crashes into the eye yeah Yeah I mean, obviously, the Beautiful.
1: first the movie we should do is the train coming into the station, because it'll scare us, but...
2: Yeah, but it's so on the nose, you know? <sighs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and, like, how are we supposed to stretch that into an hour-long episode, talking about five seconds of a train pulling into the station, scaring everybody in the theater, cause they're a bunch of idiots, clowns?
2: Well, if any pure boys could do it, it would be us. A- Adam and Steve, that's correct, yeah. Hey, you know... Or ha- the heartbreak kid.
1: Bret Hart, still alive. Yeah, and the other heart... No, dead (laughs) That's the thing, think about that Bret Hart's still alive, Owen Hart dead Jim Neidhart, also dead
2: Also dead The only one left, Bret Hart I thought he was going to die years ago I thought he still had a brother that seems insensitive what I said now oh my god
1: remember when he was getting like inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame and somebody ran into the ring and tackled him and everyone was like that's terrible it was pretty funny when it happened it was pretty funny watching baby Bret Hart get just dummied by some guy from the crowd that was pretty good
2: It'd been hilarious if the guy from the crowd was like Owen Hart and came back from the dead. <laughs> that would have been... The first word that comes to mind if that would have happened is
1: hilarious.
2: That would have been just uproarious. Like, why hasn't somebody faked their death and then just come back yet? You think uh, it's right for the taking, anybody out there?
1: Like, you mean in the in the WWE universe or just in general?
2: In general, like high society oh. or celebrity Bruh, or WWE verse. Bro, if you don't think Epstein faked his death, I don't know what to tell you. You think he faked his death? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. He definitely faked his death. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think John McAfee faked his death? I don't know what to tell
2: you. Well, McAfee got it. Right? Hey,
1: McAfee got it, that's the facts And that's the truth And uh, this week we're talking about
2: 1972's Deliverance I did not know what to expect going into this movie I'm pretty sure I've seen it before um, yeah. But I I just had no idea what was going on um, But it, I haven't watched a movie this old in such a long time And uh, it was kind of refreshing
1: hmm yeah I, I definitely have seen this movie before but it was during like a day like a day and age when I was just smoking a lot of pot and trying to watch movies and then sleeping through most of them and going I've seen that movie now <laughs> it's like well you've seen 20 minutes 10 minutes at the start 10 minutes at the end of that movie or 10 minutes at the start and then the credits of that movie so can you really say that you've seen that movie the answer is of course
2: no I wanted to avoid it, but that's exactly what happened to me. And uh, doing this podcast, I've realized how many movies that applies to. And it's it's too many. It's a ridiculous lifetime amount. And we're sorry. Like, I could probably...
1: Well, I mean, this show is definitely bumping up my numbers. But before this show, I could confidently say that I'd seen about 20% of the movies that I'd actually seen.
2: Yeah. Like, really watched. And I thought, like... For a period of time, I thought it was because I was young and didn't like understand movies, but it was just because I was high and yeah. fell asleep.
1: Yeah, and you started a movie at nine thirty at night, like an idiot. What do you think you're going to do? Yeah. Watch it till eleven?
2: Get out of here! You're not going to make that. You're tired, or like eleven or midnight and uh (laughs) you fall asleep immediately oh nothing better than
1: getting excited to watch a movie turning it on blinking your eyes and the credits are rolling and you go well how did how do we get here baby and you know you're not (laughs) sure you don't care shut it off go to bed whatever it doesn't matter at that point
2: (sighs) it's it's terrifyingly sad but now Uh, we are older yeah wiser and I'm assuming we both watched this movie all the way through. We did, yes. Uh, first thing I noticed about
1: this movie, lots of fun laughter at the start.
2: Yeah, there. Uh, was this like a drive-time conversation, like a radio guy? Or was it the <laughs> the main characters? Well, I couldn't tell.
1: <laughs> I didn't hear any, like, boilings or, like, ooga's <laughs> during it. So I have to assume it was the main characters and not drive-time. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't. I just... Was looking for the hallmarks and didn't
2: find them. I uh, I wonder how terrible this movie looked when it first came out because, like, it's been updated and it looks pristine and you can see so much. But this came out in 1972. There was probably like blips and blops all over the place. Oh yeah, John Voight. You could barely tell he had a mustache when it first came out. Could you believe he got top billing over uh, Mister Jack White? Can you believe that he got top billing over hitting the brakes Burt
1: Reynolds? I almost called him That's Benjamin That's what I meant to say. But- I almost said Benjamin Reynolds. What's I'm, I'm a little cut. That's why this wine is poisoning me. That's what's going
2: on. Well, as it kind of ferments and sits there and as it got opened it's it gets more alcohol in it. So yes. you just chug like 40 proof wine. Truly, truly
1: did. Yes. Um First thing I noticed after the, after the fun laughter to start this fun movie was uh, the great accents that we were going to be hearing throughout this whole movie. And if you listened to Anaconda last week, you know that we are masters of accents. And so the first time I heard, oh, they're going damn up the river, I was like, oh, ho, 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 this is going to
2: be a good movie. I'm going to have a good time watching this. And I, I wasn't wrong. And it's a very simple, explicit opening. You're introduced and made uh, very aware that these are some suburban uh, males mm-hmm. uh, going out where they probably shouldn't on a canoe trip, and there's a bunch of, you know, dirty hillbillies. Around. Right.
1: Burt Reynolds plays a butthead, and yeah. uh, John Voigt plays a weak, lily-livered cuck, And Ned Beattie plays a fat guy, and the villain from Robocop plays a musician who's got a heart of gold. And it's established
2: right away. You know who these guys are. Yeah, everything's very, very established. Nothing's, like, cut away in these old movies. It's very, like, this is who these people are. This is the environment they're in. This is uh, what's going to happen to them, and these are the people that are going to give them trouble.
1: Yes, of course. Although, it's not the people that we meet. It's not the hillbillies we meet that give them trouble. It's a whole different sect of hillbillies.
2: I I really loved how they got to uh, Dueling Banjos right away,
1: and it stays <laughs> as a theme throughout
2: this movie. Well, that's
1: because the producers cut all the money from this movie, and they had to fire the composer. And so they are just like, we'll just use Dueling Banjos for the whole movie. That's good enough. IMDb Trivia
2: Perfect I I love that song I, I got giddy when the, uh, the guy plays it with the blind kid Yeah uh, I, It was so fun During the opening credits I
1: was like I love that the Dueling Banjos is a selling point to the movie Like they like advertise the Dueling Banjos is coming up in the opening credits And I mean, I've never really seen that before in a movie uh, But then Yeah the, the scene happens And it's the highlight of the movie like it's great when they're just playing music and everyone's like when that guy starts dancing oh it's
2: like fantastic i loved it yeah the guy who pumps the gas is just like dancing and doing his hill hillbilly jig can you say jig anymore probably Ooh, not i don't know you can't say hillbilly jig but you can say jig for <laughs> sure <laughs> Gas station operator Jig, is that
1: more appropriate? Yes, yeah, exactly. Because that's the that's the that's where you want to differentiate. It's not just that he's a hillbilly. He's a gas station attendant first and a toothless inbred hillbilly second.
2: <laughs> Very much so. But uh, a toothless hillbilly he is. Inbred. And there's there's a few that you run into along the way. Yeah, there's some bad teeth all over this movie. Yeah, but uh, that's these people. I, I don't know if... They like professional sports or what type of TVs they're watching. Probably none of it. Probably none of it, yeah. I mean, they
1: at the end, they ask if they have a phone, and the kid goes, huh? And they go, a telephone? <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to dam up the river.
2: Well, yeah, they're, they're going to dam up this river. So Burt Reynolds has to go and conquer this river. I guess not conquer it, but... Uh, Take a bunch of people who shouldn't be going down a river, down a river. It <laughs> really, the trip, like, the
1: first three hours of the trip are great. And then it's just all downhill from there. <laughs> like, they're going to look back on this time and go, well, that was the worst trip we ever took. That's what they should have called this movie. The worst weekend ever. Yeah, it uh, it definitely goes
2: sideways pretty quickly. Wine tour. Uh... Hey, why not? Why not go sideways? I like how Burt Reynolds is like semi competent. I mean he catches a fish with a bow. It's pretty which cool. Is pretty darn cool. Is pretty yeah. cool, yeah. yeah. And, he also, and uh oh, I was going to say he looks he looks
1: really hot in that like sleeveless like wetsuit top that he's wearing. That's a good look. He looks really cool in that.
2: Yeah, I feel like he's worn that in other things or something or like He knows that he just has to get his chest out and he's got to look the part. He was the perfect man.
1: This was was from an era when, like, to be a leading actor, all you needed was to be a jerk and to have a hairy chest and be willing to show it off. And, uh, I mean, let's be honest, our three main leads, Burt Reynolds, Ned Beattie, and uh, John Boyd, of course, I'm
2: going to forget John Boyd, show off their hairy chests in spades in this movie. Oh, it's beautiful. You can smell the tobacco uh, from your living room. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a real man's man film, which is why I was so uh, flummoxed that uh, John Voight was cast above Burt Reynolds. I, uh, <laughs> this is Burt Reynolds time. But this wasn't Burt Reynolds time. The,
1: Burt Reynolds was known as like, a TV star at this time. This, like right. This movie got him attention, and then Smokey and the Bandit put him on the map. And this was pre-Smokey and the Bandit, so, like, he wasn't capital B, but he didn't even have the iconic mustache yet. He saw John
2: Voight and was like, oh, I want that. That I want John Voight, but I also want his mustache. He definitely took over John Voight's life and stardom, like... John Voight could have been what Burt Reynolds eventually was, but uh, he didn't have the dark hair.
1: Oh, could you imagine? Oh, Cannonball Run starring John Voight and Dom DeLuise. What a treat that would be. Why couldn't we have done a Burt Reynolds summer? I would have been very into that. I love Burt Reynolds movies. He's great in everything.
2: Well, we are known to uh, take a Yui on some things, but I, I feel like we gotta stick it out with uh, John Voight. Although, if we watched Cannonball Run for fifty weeks in a row, I wouldn't be upset. Take a Yui. Who are you? Dune? Are you the movie? Are you the book? Dune? <laughs> I am the book Dune. You, you know, you're a, absolutely correct. That's a Doctor Yui reference. That's a
1: Doctor Yui from uh, Dune reference. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, he's the doctor, <laughs> and uh, you might say he's integral to the plot of Dune.
2: I'm surprised not one of these fellows is a doctor. One's an insurance uh, guy, and the yep. other guy's an, a salesman. I don't think we find out what John Boyd does well, or in, what Burt Reynolds do. In the
1: book, it says that one of them is in like
2: advertising, and one of them is a graphic designer. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. But very yeah. limp wristed, liberal city cucks. Oh yeah. The
1: the limpest wristed citiest cucks you've ever seen. And not Reynolds
2: Although, though. They get into their boats or what do they call Rivercraft? Come on, cuck. It's a canoe. Canoe. Uh and they're very good at it right away. Like they're uh they see some rocks very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't be very comfortable going down a river like that at the on the first try. Oh, no,
1: they're going for it. And I'm like, God, jeez, guys, like, I mean, that seeing Ned Beattie at the front of that boat, just like wobbling back and forth, like, I I, I, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't feel comfortable being in the front of a
2: canoe like that. But I the put me in the Burt Reynolds position. That's where I'd want to be. Exactly. I want to be in the back. I can't. I find it weird that the uh, inexperienced guys are at the front. Uh but I guess you have to have somebody knowing what they're doing steering. Yeah, you got to have an anchor at the very back, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. I I've never been on a trip like this. I've been camping quite a bit, uh but I've never just like gotten to a canoe and traveled and camped for a few weeks.
1: I mean, you and I talked about hiking the Pacific Coast Trail at one point and that kind of went out the yeah. window, but I was still down da- I'm still down for that one day. I feel like that would be a fun trip for us. I mean,
2: Up until the nastiness happens in this movie, it looks like they're having a great time. And the nastiness happens pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Like their second day.
1: I mean, we listeners, full disclosure, before we recorded this episode, Steve and I were like, Let's not talk about the rape at all. Let's try to leave that out of the conversation if we can. Because everyone's expecting it. Everyone knows the squeal like a pig. Everyone knows that stuff. Let's try not to talk about it. And then you watch the movie and you go, well, you can't talk about this movie without talking about that. It's like the crux of the whole movie. Like, it's like, it's the pivot point of the whole trip. So you can't just ignore it, unfortunately. Uh, I thought that, like more hillbilly nastiness was going to happen before and after that but th- that's it it's just the one thing that
2: happens no it it's very unsettling and it gets you off guard because it just happens so quickly yeah. and it's just like these two unassuming like hillbillies come out of the woods and they're not like yelling or immediately like attacking them but it like slowly builds into this very uncomfortable weird situation like john boyd is just tacked to this tree with a belt around his neck yeah. and he's not like screaming or anything and like it just escalates so like weirdly yeah it was like it was very
1: it's very scary if i'm being totally honest yeah. how just like how quickly it gets out of control these two guys just like approach them and you're like oh well now they're talking to these hillbillies and then within like two minutes they're just chasing naked ned Beatty around and you're like oh my yeah. god this really just got yeah. out of hand guys they're cutting john Voigt's chest they're asking him if he's ever had his balls cut off and it's like well obviously not my man like that's something you do once in the bme panel olympics you never do it again it's not like you go back and do it multiple
2: times dummy and even though these guys are tech definitely like terrible human beings and the cutting is happening and the chasing him around and even now you know what's going to happen in the movie you're still like oh it's not going to happen now like this isn't (laughs) what's happening (laughs) like something about the music or the setting or something just makes you think that like this isn't happening, right? My wife walked in while this scene was happening to, to tell me something, and I paused the movie.
1: and Thank God it paused on John Voight's face, and I was just like, "Oh, hey, babe, what's up?" So we talked for a little bit, and then she left. and As soon as I hit play again, it just cut back to Ned Beatty, just being like, "No," like, covered in mud. And I was just like, "Oh my god." Thank god I paused it when I did That would have been uncomfortable otherwise
2: My wife was baking a cake uh, (laughs) And so I wanted To get out of her way so I went Upstairs and watched it in bed But I had to crank the volume Because the screen was small Uh, You know when like the screen is small You you gotta crank the volume. volume Of course Uh, so that scene came up and the squealing happens and she's like, what the heck is going on up there? (laughs) And it's, it's a very weird scene to like not be watching. Like if you're in another room or on the periphery of watching it to like be confronted with that is very off-putting.
1: Yes. Yeah. To hear, to hear the sounds that you have to hear uh removed from the visuals i mean even with the visuals it's even worse but removed from the visuals it's very weird and disturbing and haunting so beautiful movie beautiful (laughs) river beautifully
2: shot and i was watching this uh thinking about us saying that we weren't going to talk about it and i was like well we could just say it was unpleasantness and go uh, go past it or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's everything it's the whole freaking movie this is when their trip turns from a very um a bunch of guys from the city getting in over their heads with this river into uh oh my god are we gonna make it out of this uh type of movie. Yeah,
1: into, oh my god, we've murdered someone. I hope we don't murder more Oh god, we've murdered more people.
2: Oh, the murders are stacking up. Oh no. It's very funny that uh, Burt Reynolds murders one of them. Uh, Hilarious. And then they talk about it for a long time. Yeah, I actually like that. I enjoyed that that it wasn't just like,
1: well, we'll bury him. It was like this long scene where where Burt Reynolds says things like, we killed a man, a mountain man, a cracker. It's like, well technically you killed him Burt Reynolds I don't think Ned Beatty is like culpable in this I don't think John Voight is culpable in that I don't think certainly the other guy is I don't think any of these other, I think you are the one who pulled the bow and shot the arrow through the guy's chest
2: clutch and movies today will say like hey we should call the police and then they're like oh no we can't and then that's all they will do yeah in this movie they like really discuss it and get into the why and why nots and like Get into a heated argument about it. I thought it was, like, very real and uh, grounded. And they're going to get away with it, too, because in, like, a
1: couple of weeks, that whole area is getting flooded to make a lake for a dam. So they're just going to bury this guy in the
2: muck and then be done with it. Goodbye. Which is why, what I'm thinking, too. I would I would go to the police 100% of the time. But if this exact situation came out, you would definitely get away with it. Yeah. So much so that I thought the denouement of this movie was way too long. Oh, I love the denouement of this movie. I
1: thought it was great, but I agree that, like, yeah, you would totally 100% get away with it. No, and, like, it's the 70s. If they didn't see you shoot that guy with an arrow, there's no way they're going to prove you shot that guy with an arrow.
2: Not a chance. No, it's so wet. It's so wet, and you drop that bone arrow in the river, and it's gone. It's not coming back. It's out of here what do you think of this river did you think it was worth saving and not damning it mm, doesn't matter what i think because it's gone now it's a dam now <laughs> yeah it's a dam now a and
1: this barrel. uh town i guess gets completely flooded in the process yeah that's a wild revelation And the guys like, just let this town die peacefully it's like th- they're gonna just kill this whole town that's wild maybe you shouldn't i can't believe the government was just gonna do that like what what happens to the people of the town do they just go like Here's, here's a couple hundred bucks. Get the F out, much like the WWE
2: in the 90s. Well, yeah, definitely in the 70s you get a couple hundred dollars. Now oh, yeah. you'd probably get, like, a million or something.
1: Well, you should, yeah. In this economy, you absolutely should.
2: Yeah, with these freaking backwood hillbillies, you throw them a couple hundred bucks, they'll do anything.
1: Oh, yeah, you offer them 30 to drive your trucks into town, they say 50, you give them 40, they're happy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like make it thirty nine or something to cut it right in the middle.
1: <laughs> thirty
0: nine ninety nine.
1: I'll give you I'll count out the pennies. But I'm not giving you forty.
2: <laughs> I I was wondering whether their vehicles were gonna show up at the end yeah. at the end of their uh trip. And they are because those aren't the hillbillies that they get into trouble
1: with. No, certainly not. I uh in looking up Oh, the wine's getting me. In looking up information about this movie, I found out that they didn't really have like they couldn't afford to pay stunt stuntman in this movie so like a lot of the stuff of them falling down the river is just them doing it and like when john Voigt climbs that cliff at one point he's actually climbing that cliff that's wild that's what a crazy thing to do in a movie just uninsured going hog wild on
2: it hog wild i i didn't think about the stuntmen, but when i was watching this movie the shots are so crisp oh, and yeah. so clear oh, on yeah. the actors that you you do see that they're, like, canoeing, and they're, like, going through this process. They didn't have budgets back then, or, like, the technology just to CGI anything in. I I was very impressed with their uh, river capabilities. Oh, and, yeah. like, after the unpleasant in, unpleasantness, uh, one of the hillbillies gets away and then shoots uh, the... Uh, the guitar man well but does uh, he I,
1: I don't think he does
2: i think that's like well, i, I yeah. think they're like i they
1: assume that he does because the guy drew is his name the guitar man who doesn't want he wants to go to the cops he doesn't want to bury this guy in the woods but everyone else outvotes him he just like takes a header out of the canoe like pretty early on once they get back on the river and i thought he was just like i can't do this anymore and just like chose to dove in the river because he didn't put on his life vest or anything like that so I don't think he was shot by the hillbilly. Even though we do see a hillbilly
2: with a gun later, I don't
1: know if I—I
2: I, I don't know. I don't think it was him. I don't think it was his fault. Well, it's definitely ambiguous, which I think is a great uh, thing to have in the movie. Yes. But yeah, he—he could have been like, "I don't want to be around anymore," and uh, just went off the edge.
1: Yeah, and then he—he's done. He gets swallowed up by the river, and we see him again later, but he's toasties, and uh, they're all their canoes capsize. Burt Reynolds uh, breaks his leg in the movie but breaks his caustics in real life falling down that river and uh, as someone who has broken his femur before how do you feel about canoeing down a river laying in the bottom of a canoe with a broken femur my man
2: I would have to say that it would be very painful especially without uh, nitrous Uh, you do experience an uh, insane amount of um, uh, shock when you uh, break your femur so like it's probably going to be okay for a couple hours and then it's going to hurt like nobody's business, oh, yeah. especially when you're waiting overnight for uh JV to climb up, climb up that cliff to go murder a hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's very shaken when he has to murder this hillbilly uh, because he doesn't want to murder anything. There's a previous scene where he's, he has a doe in his sights and decides to shoot away and not kill the deer. And he's still shaking when he uh, is confronted with killing this hillbilly.
1: Well, I I wrote down, like, he couldn't even kill a deer. Now you expect him to kill a man? How is that going to work? He can't even do
2: it. He can't even kill a deer looking at it right in the face. Clear shot. And the shot of him shaking. Uh, while well, uh, shooting the hillbilly was very funny. Taken go- out of context, oh, that could yeah. be a meme for sure. And just going like, "Release, release, release." <laughs> yeah, he's probably said "release" in uh, another movie that you can make fun of.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh but he gets that he shoots a hillbilly, and then it's like not the guy that like like. I it's kind of implied that it is the guy cuz he's got like the guy who had the the guy who got away from the unpleasantness didn't have any front teeth and then this guy that John Void kills has like f- like uh dentures in where his front teeth are but like I don't think that it's the same guy. I it doesn't really it doesn't look like that guy. He doesn't have the thing in his ear and like why would he go home and put his dentures in? That doesn't that seems weird. Like his friend was yeah. just murdered. I don't know. It just I think they're just killing hillbillies up in the woods and getting away with it. That's what this movie should be called.
2: I think it's definitely another layer of ambiguity. It's, uh, It's either that this guy is the man who helped with the unpleasantness or else he's just another hillbilly that was out shooting some grouse and they murdered this man.
1: Yeah cuz he like he doesn't point his gun at John Voight until he sees that John Voight has a, an arrow knocked and ready to go like ready to shoot him with then he raises his gun at him so i, I don't know it's like yeah great this is what i mean it's a great movie it's full of ambiguity it's full of uh manliness and uh man against Question. nature and man against man
2: yep the guy during the unpleasantness uh like they take his gun so he would have had to run, get a new gun, and then run down the uh, yeah. river to catch up with them and then shoot them. Like, yeah. the timeline of it doesn't work either. Doesn't track, but, hey, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun to go down the river and kill a bunch of hillbillies, yeah. which I think is the point of this movie. It's fun to kill
1: hillbillies, absolutely, yeah. Um, Do you want to know that my favorite fact about this movie, fact in quotation marks because it's on IMDb, so who knows if it's a fact or not. Give it to me. Uh, so the this movie is based on a book called Deliverance by author James Dickey. And when they were filming the movie, James Dickey took the director aside and was like, I'm not, I, I've never told anyone this before, but everything that happened in this book actually happened to me. And so the director was like, wow, that's crazy. And then he just found out that he went up to all the actors and told them that. <laughs> and then... When they were, like, filming the movie, the author got into a canoe and immediately capsized it. And the director's like, this guy is lying. He's never been in a canoe in his life. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, that was very funny that they just... And that guy's... The author's dead. James Dickey's dead. So he can't refute any of this stuff. So we just have to assume that he just lied about that to the director, which is great.
2: Yeah, that's why he's brilliant. And he wrote a a good book. Yeah. Uh probably. I guess. Um yeah, just get into the actors and the directors' heads. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Tell
1: them that you're the you're the hillbilly. You the only thing that really happened is that he played dueling banjos with a hillbilly boy at one point. That's the only true thing in this movie. And he probably killed some people along the way. Oh, he's definitely got blood on his hands. Absolutely. Yeah. James Dickey, he's dead. He can't refute it. He definitely has blood on his hands. Definitely.
2: Maybe this was just his soul-expressing regret for all the people he murdered along the way in his life.
1: Well, as Frank D'Angelo has taught me, there are two types of people. There's two types of souls in this world, good souls and assholes.
2: Were you surprised that they did uh, arrive in Airdrie or wherever they were going? Yeah, well, considering that the hillbillies who
1: caused the unpleasantness were like, this river don't go to Airdrie, that's not where it go. They went, oh, well dang and then it did of course it did what like the river didn't get rerouted of course it goes to airdrie the maps aren't wrong you silly goose yeah it's weird that you trust the uh people who caused the unpleasant yeah <laughs> but they make it and then uh then we get the like one of the tenser moments of the film when they're back in society and the sheriff is like so what happened and they're like well right over here we wrecked our canoes and he goes oh well we found a wrecked canoe like two miles up the river and they're like oh uh i don't know we all hit our heads (laughs) i guess it's the 70s prove us prove that those aren't our prove that that's our canoe
2: dummy you can't yeah their plan is immediately uh refuted by (laughs) very good evidence that (laughs) there's a broken canoe upstream and canoes do not travel backwards along a river Yeah, it's like, it's so funny that they didn't think to be like... And I know
0: they're
1: like, we don't want them dredging the river further up because they'll find the hillbilly that we murdered and tied rocks to and buried, right? Like, we don't want them to find out about that guy. But, like, guys, you you know they're going to find your canoes, (laughs) bozos. You know where they wrecked? Like, what are you thinking? They weren't. They're just adrenaline's wearing off. I get it. Burt Reynolds goes to the hospital with a broken leg. Uh... There is a great scene where they go to visit Burt Reynolds in the hospital, and, like, there's a cop there, and John Void immediately walks up to Burt Reynolds and goes, We had to change our story! (laughs) He just, not even, like, whispering to him, just like, Hey, Burt, we had to change our story!
2: John Void is not a coy boy in this moment whatsoever, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy for Burt Reynolds, uh, being injured and being able to say, I forgot, like, I smart great great call
1: by burt reynolds to be like oh what happened in those last set of rapids i don't remember anything and jv's like we got him this one's easy don't (laughs) even oh me and ned Beatty just gotta lie
2: it's easy yeah but he thinks Beatty lies or he tells the truth he thinks uh but uh They didn't they yell about it and
1: yeah they slam each other into walls like it's terminator three and then it's
2: fine don't ever do anything like this again.
1: Oh, they're gonna dam up the river.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what he should have said. He should have <laughs> said, "Well, we can't because they're gonna dam up this river."
1: Oh, right. Yeah, because the sheriff at the end is like, "Don't
2: ever come back and do any <laughs> of this again." And
1: John Boy goes, "You're never gonna see me
2: again, Sheriff. I swears." Oh, buttercup, you're never going to see me around these parts again.
1: Oh, sugar tits, you ain't never going to see me around these parts again.
2: I'm going to go home to my sweet summer child of a wife and also my child, <laughs> and we're going to raise a hell of a family.
1: When they showed his wife, I went, is his wife a hillbilly? She kind of looks like a hillbilly.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think she's of hillbilly roots. That's mm-hmm. the whole kind of circular nature of this
1: movie. Exactly. Then at the end, we get a good spookums where Boy's having a dream and a gross hand comes out of the lake, much like Friday the 13th or something like that, and you go, all
2: right, good, good scare. The end. Yeah, uh, I think what they're obviously trying to set up is uh, Deliverance 2, of uh, which – much like the hangover series which i thought this uh kind of embodied um quite a bit it was kind of the hangover of its time
1: oh definitely yeah when that when deliverance came out all the reviews were like the hangover of 1972
2: (laughs) yeah with very weird that they were saying that but they did say it a lot and of course uh not hangover 2 uh deliverance 2 like hangover 2 is basically the same movie but in thailand Which is kind of Anaconda.
1: Kind of, yeah. It's very close. It's Kissing Cousins with Anaconda.
2: Before we started recording uh, the podcast, we were talking about how it was crazy that both of these featured a river and how important that discussion was and we needed to save it for the pod. didn't come up once, but uh, (laughs) they both do uh, go down a river.
1: And there's both snakes. They both go and see some snakes in the river. There's a shots of snakes and people getting scared by them.
2: Lots of Cajuns about. Oh, endless Cajuns out there in the in the, on the river. In the river, also known as the Chattanooga River, in the Appalachian <laughs> Mountains. Oh, one of the actors
1: in this movie, his name is Semen Glass, and that's a fact. I
2: wish we could have hard-ended the episode there. (laughs) Well, we need to ask,
1: Steve, what did you think of 1972's Deliverance?
2: Like you said earlier, this is just like, right down the middle, a really good movie with some very very big unpleasantness that turns it from a hangover movie into deliverance. Mm -hmm. And, but I I liked it. I thought the shots of uh, the river system and the story and the characterizations were all very fun and interesting. I give it three wines up. Hey Adam, what did you think of chugging that wine and this movie deliverance?
1: I'm tired and uh... You know, just kinda sometimes you just chug too much wine and the energy never dies, as Black IP said, but sometimes it diminishes. And you just you watch a movie like Deliverance that's a good movie and you go, Well, I don't what's there to talk about in it other than like, Oh the unpleasantness about damn up the river. <laughs> And so you just gotta you gotta dance with the one that brought you. And uh, I, I like Deliverance a lot, and I thought it was a good movie, but uh, maybe not a good movie for the show. But next week we got a real treat lined up.
2: I I think this was fine. Uh, we're delightful boys. Mm. We're pure, mm. and we're giving them the God's truth. Truly, and I love you. I love you.
1: We, we love, love
2: you, please, please.
0: The best thing about being a teen girl is getting to have a cowgirl summer. Ooh, oh, uh oh, this is the Pure Boys, a Christian podcast. But God told us to change. Ooh, oh, uh oh, so for the summer, we're watching cowgirl flips. Ooh, oh, uh oh, getting the action feel the attraction There's horses and teens i oh, what a dream Whoa, oh, oh want to be free every yeah, free to ride some horses
1: man i feel like a
0: cowgirl
1: this is our summer theme song